All right, hey guys, it's Rija and Padma. Welcome to a, a very special episode. Yeah, a very special episode. Of I don't know about special, but you know. Yeah. Oh, it is special. It yeah. is very special. Yeah. Oh, yes. You probably heard him already. <laughs> um, yes, this is another special episode of the Mustang Studios podcast. We have a very special guest uh, with us today, Chuck which is it. our very own principal. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to introduce well, yourself? Well, hello. I'm Mr. Faubert. I'm glad to be here. I saw you guys uh, doing a podcast in here the other day, and I was really interested in it. And I said that I'd love to be on your podcast sometime, just answering any kind of questions that you had of me. A lot of students have, we have burning questions to ask. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a lot of questions from fellow students, and they would like to know your answers to these questions. Um, it will also be shown on the student news as well, the questions. And we also um, like uh, posted an Instagram story and had people like ask their questions there as well. Great. Uh, yeah, on our on our club Instagram at MHHS Mustang Studios. Um, so like, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna do like a lightning round of questions. Okay. At this point. okay. I'm ready. All right. Let's I, get I love questions. All right. First, the first question you want to ask: How tall are you? <laughs> Everybody so, wants to know. I know, like that's literally probably one of the first questions people ask me, and quite frankly, uh, like complete strangers in a store will always come up, and somebody will ask me how tall I am. So I am six foot ten inches. Oh. So that's a little over two meters tall, two point one meters tall, and uh, yeah, it's I, I'm freakishly tall, is what I like to say. So the next question is. Why are you so tall? Or the right question would be, does it run in the family? Yeah. So uh, th that typically is another question. When somebody asks me, how did you get so tall? Usually my answer, I will look at them very uh, honestly and say, well, I went as, when I was a kid, I drank giraffe's milk. Sounds like a reasonable answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does run in the family. Uh, my parents are tall-ish. My dad's six foot three and my mom's five foot ten. So, you know, it's like... A little bit taller than the average, um, but I do have cousins who are super tall as well. I'm the tallest out of my own, like even extended family. The oh, wow. next tallest is a my mom's cousin who's six foot nine. So, oh wow, yeah. has your height ever be been an inconvenience for you? Uh, the The world was not made for six foot ten. I'll tell you that right oh. now. So, uh, hitting your heads on doorways, uh, you know, not at school because they're taller than normal doorways mm -hmm. but yeah uh i can't get on some rides at disneyland because i'm too tall <laughs> i cannot get on almost every ride at um six flags because the little shoulder harnesses don't come over my shoulders uh but yeah um cars are hard to fit in and so i usually i don't know if anybody knows but you see me driving my little car around i've had it for a long time that little scion xb looks like a toaster on wheels and I fold myself in half to get in there all the time. So it's definitely a challenge being six foot 10, but there are definitely some uh, some benefits to it as well. You know, like when you are at Disneyland, you can always find me in a crowd. It's like <laughs> so, finding a coconut tree in a, in, a, in a field of bushes. Yes, that's correct. That's me. <laughs> what about airplanes? Uh, so airplanes, yeah, uh, I don't fit in a standard seat. So I have to purchase a second seat usually. Uh, so that I can turn sideways and my legs go in the other <laughs> I know it's kind of embarrassing. But there are some airlines that uh, have policies that if you don't physically fit in the one seat, they give the other seat to you for free. So oh, wow. I just figured that out recently. So, yeah. That's very convenient. <laughs> it's convenient. It's very nice of some of those companies to, to do. So why did you decide to become a principal? Oh, um, I, I've thought all about a lot about that over over the years. I think one of the reasons why I wanted to become a high school principal was because of my own high school experience. I didn't have a great high school experience. Um, I was always tall. Uh, by the time I was a junior in high school, I was already six foot nine, and I never played sports. So you can imagine. Uh, the kinds of reactions I would get from both students and faculty 
Um, and it wasn't nice. I was bullied a lot actually as, as a student. And so I had a fairly difficult high school situation. And I remember thinking through it all because my parents are uh, both educators. My dad's a retired superintendent. My mom's a retired teacher. And then my mom's parents are both educators as well, both retired educators. I kind of always knew I wanted to be an educator, but I really wanted to be a high school principal, a high school teacher first is what I was. I was a music teacher and a social studies teacher. And then um, wanted to become a principal because I felt like I'd love the opportunity to kind of like set up a school where there's a culture of acceptance and, um, you know, opportunity for people to find their passion at school and really follow that. And that's what I've tried to do here at Mountain House High School is really like create all these programs and places for people to belong um, and, and really, you know, have fun during high school as opposed to feel like coming to school every day. I know there are students that come every day and feel like they hate it here and there's nothing for them, but we try really hard to find opportunities for any student in any kind of uh, interest that they might have. I mean, the biggest challenge would be try to accommodate everybody, right? That is the biggest challenge. And the other challenge is, you know, like it's hard being a teenager. Stuff happens, people make fun of you, you take it personally, it can be really difficult. And if you don't share it with other people, and really uh, connect with a caring adult on campus that you can talk to about it. It can make it really difficult. For me in high school, it was my high school choir teacher um, who's retiring this year and I still keep in touch with even to this day. I graduated in 1994. So the fact that I still have contact with my that one teacher who was my person um, really made the difference for me in my life. Yeah, that's the great thing about um, having those types of connections mm -hmm. as well. You get to like uh, talk to people and uh, and that's what we usually do on the podcast as uh -huh. well. We talk about a lot of things that we we relate to. So mm -hmm. it's it's nice. Well, I'm glad. I mean, this is one of the examples, right? Your, yeah. your teacher here in the uh, Media Arts Pathway saw a need and has the equipment and set it up and taught you how to use it. And here you are, right? Like interviewing the principal yeah. and it's just fun, right? Like yeah, it's it something really that's fun. enjoyable to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our next question is why did you theme the school? Like it's Hawaii. What is the <laughs> reason behind the Hawaiian theme? Everyone asks that everyone thinks like, are, is he Hawaiian? What's <laughs> going on there? So um, I actually did my undergraduate degree. My bachelor's degree was, uh, at BYU Hawaii. So Brigham Young University has three different campuses, one in Utah, one in Idaho, and one in Hawaii. And like, why go to Idaho or Utah if you can go to Hawaii, right? Fair, okay. Uh, fair, and okay. so I also have uh, family members. My, my uh, one of my mom's cousins married a Hawaiian man. And um, so my cousins are half Hawaiian. And so I have a connection to the Hawaiian culture. When I lived there, um, I learned about what Ohana really means, uh, how it connects us with one another, um, especially some of the language in the Hawaiian language. For example, the word aloha has two parts to it. One, which is alo, which means in the presence of, and ha, which means breath or life. And that word in itself really means like sharing your own life essence with other people. And I always felt like, like I said before, I had a difficult high school experience and I really wanted to create an environment where people felt that aloha, right? Like being with one another, connecting with one another, being an ohana, being a family. And what that really means is it's kind of uh, trite to say, but you know, the movie Lilo and Stitch where okay. they say ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind or mm -hmm. forgotten or for oh. right. Nobody gets left behind or forgotten. And so, you know, I, I really believe that I, I, I believe that as we create that and language matters to me, like the words you say to other people and how you treat other people really helps them understand how you care for them, how you really want to be a part of their lives. And so that's kind of why I themed it that way. Just being educated in Hawaii. Um, we gave all of our kids, those of you who know my children who go to school here, my first daughter has a Hawaiian first name. Her name is Melani, And all of the other kids have Hawaiian middle names to kind of 
keep that connection to the culture. We we talk about that in our own family and how special that is to us and how we we learned that that culture really is a part of us. And a, a lot of people would say, oh, you're just culturally appropriating. I don't believe that I'm culturally appropriating. I believe that I really took on that, uh, honored that culture. Um, and I do have family members of my own who are part of that culture and really took that on and made it a part of what we do here at Mountain House High School. I mean, with the concept of cultural appropriation, I think nowadays it's really hard to distinguish what is cultural appreciation versus cultural right. appropriation. Like me personally, for example, when I see people eating like a lot of Indian food, mm -hmm. I think that's like, that's great. Like, please take this culinary experience with you because right. we have lots of great food, yeah. vegetarian, lots of wide varieties for like vegetarians right. uh -huh. and like non-vegetarians. You have everything from like all these wonderful like chicken right. dishes to fish dishes uh -huh. to like completely like vegan dishes that yeah. don't even incorporate like the use of tubers like carrots or even like mushrooms right we have wonderful options and i want people to like yeah experience it but then other people think it's appropriating yeah like no nah, it's just food it's, everyone wants yeah. good food like i want you to enjoy good food i think that you would see at the faux bear house if you were to come across the street because i live right across the street and see what we eat at our house people would be surprised it does not look like uh caucasian people food right mm -hmm. I, I think that uh we eat a variety of foods too and part of that is not appropriation but it's really appreciation and incorporating a lot and it's not just a, it goes beyond food right mm -hmm. it, it goes beyond that and it i really love the the rich culture that we have here the, the celebrations that we have i know our our Muslim students and their parents came to serve us food for during Ramadan. I think it's a great, uh, you know, tradition uh, and and the religious aspect of it is so I appreciate the the values that are taught through that. And food is one way to share that and really um, taking on some of those pieces of that culture helps us become better as as a community right we're able to there's so many people at our school and so many different backgrounds and the more we can incorporate those things and the ideas behind it means that we're not appropriating it means we're appreciating and incorporating it into our own experience mm -hmm. so uh back on to the topic of sure. school related stuff yeah so a lot of kids want to know what do you exactly do as a principal what do you what do you do on a daily basis as the principal of the school that's a great question um so i i think that really when it comes down to it so i was i'm the founding principal of this high school so one of the things that that we did when we started the school is um i really work hard to try and uh put together a teacher leadership team who really embody the goals that we have for students here and uh, and can kind of help put together and drive the goals that we have for students. So as a principal, so if you want to talk about on a daily basis, what do I do? Like emails, like right. emails. Okay, like so I'll give stuff. you some maybe facts and figures. I get maybe about 180 to 250 emails a day um from teachers parents outside organizations try to sell me stuff you know things like that and i have to weed through those i have a wonderful secretary she is my right hand if you want to know who really runs the school it's glenna kiswani mm -hmm. she's my secretary because she makes things run um uh the other things that i do i try to do on a regular basis i greet students at the gate every morning and so do all the other administrators it's a priority for us You'll see me out front saying good morning, probably making really bad dad jokes. Today, the joke was, hey, I turned the wind down for you today. How do you like it? <laughs> and it's fun to watch other people's reactions to that. Uh, so greeting people, being visible as much as possible. I think the other thing that we try to do on a regular basis is provide feedback to teachers according to the goals that we have. One of the things we're really working on this year um, is good first time teaching in every classroom during every period. And it focuses on four things. It's teachers communicating what the objective is. So you'll see in classrooms, the SMO, sometimes yeah. you see that standard and measurable objective so that it communicates why, what you're doing. Uh, every time there's a lesson that there's a hook or a, a lead into the lesson where they're connecting what happened before, what you've learned before to what the learning is today. Some sort of strategy that engages students during the class period 
and then checking for understanding on a regular basis. So when I walk through a classroom, a lot of times you'll see a principal or a vice principal, a lot of times walk into a classroom and you're probably wondering like, are they watching my teacher? We're not watching teachers. What we're doing is we're providing professional feedback for teachers and giving them that feedback on a regular basis to make sure that we're uh, we're meeting those goals and expectations that we have of ourselves to make sure that students are learning. Some of the other things that I do that are kind of more boring and mundane is running data on what's going on, like who's who's at school and who's not and who needs to be followed up with, working with the vice principals to make sure they're, you know, doing their things and their responsibility that, that you guys, there's so many things that go on a high school every day, just every one day and the day of a high school, it's like running a small city. And so there's a lot of decisions that I make. People come to me with questions. Hey, what should we do with this? And it's really trying to keep everything that we do focused on better results for the students that we serve and providing an atmosphere where people can connect with the things that they're passionate about. Okay. So I think some of these questions could get a little uncomfortable. I'm times. okay with that. Okay. Um, I love uncomfortable questions. A disclaimer. Okay. Uh, why is the school lunch so bad? <laughs> One of the actual questions that we got from students. We'd like to know That's the thoughts. That's great. Uh, well, uh, I think that school lunch being so bad, that's an opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I think some of the things that they serve are not great. I wouldn't eat it. Um, uh, that's a good question. I, I think that uh, we have a food services director. Um, well, first of all, the federal government tells us mm -hmm. what we can and can't feed you. Did oh. you know that? Oh, the more you so, know. So like, you know, when we have nacho day, I love nachos. I don't like the chips they serve here because they taste like they're stale, right? Mm -hmm. It's because the government forces us to use whole grain stuff in our everything. So like the burgers even, like the buns have to be whole grain buns. Oh, the buns are okay. Yeah. The nachos that I'm more particular yeah, about. Yeah, right? So um, I think the chili's pretty good. I just don't like the chips. Uh, so a lot of it is um, the federal government tells us what we can and can't feed students. Um, and you know, I, I think that some of the meals are pretty decent. Like I love chicken bowl day and I like the, what's the new sandwich they do that pesto chicken sandwich is pretty good. We used to have some really good stuff. Like they used to do a curry once a week. That they was, used, oh. yeah. Back in the beginning of uh, opening of school was really good. Um, so it just depends. I think it, that part of that is opinion. Um, the other part of it is we do have a food services director and she uh, is absolutely open to feedback. I think it'd be cool to get like a focus group together and try some new foods and see what we could bring. Yeah. One suggestion <laughs> that I actually have, uh -huh. um, I think there should be maybe like more vegan options in the school food because um, one time when I tried the school food i just i could only like get a salad box yeah yeah and there wasn't much variety i would agree yeah. i think uh, i enjoy vegan food i'm not a vegan yeah. i'd like to say though that like if i had the time in the day <laughs> i would become vegan because i kind of prefer it and meat kind of hurts my stomach oh. nowadays i'm getting old and and meat and i don't agree with one another but yeah i think that um Part of it is probably a cost thing. Oh, yeah. Vegan foods are definitely more expensive and there's a certain budget that we have, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be offering more. I think that, I think it'd be fun to have like a focus group come together and talk about well, what could we serve that people would eat, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Majority of people would eat. I also noticed like I'm vegetarian personally and mm -hmm. I notice a lot of people tend to go more towards the vegetarian foods and then they have since they have a bunch of like meat options there's like chicken sandwiches you mm -hmm. have the burgers the cheeseburgers yeah. and then you have all the salads i notice have like chicken in them which they is, do which is not that great because right you could have I like a to tofu eat? option yeah. or yeah. yeah a meatless option that yeah, would yeah. be yeah i agree i agree we should have better food <laughs> okay <laughs> uh why is the school Wi-Fi bad, and what can what is being done to make it better? <laughs> One of the more genuine concerns that a lot of students have uh -huh. is the Wi-Fi is, uh, dare I say, atrociously slow at times. 
It can be. So I think um, part of that, that'd be a really great question. In fact, I think it'd be really fun to have like a podcast where you talk to our IT director. He's a really cool guy. Um, and uh, Sean Johannan. He, uh, they, they're working, well, first of all, there's a certain bandwidth that, um, that we have purchased as a school district, and there's plans in the future to increase the bandwidth as we go along. When we first opened, we didn't need that much. And now that we have more students, we need more. And you can imagine, um, you know, at, at the school at any one given time, especially, uh, so there's two different networks. There's the guest network, which is atrociously slow on purpose, actually. Oh, yeah. So we've assigned Chromebooks to everyone and the Chromebooks can access the academic network and that ne network is definitely faster. Um, but the problem is you're accessing the faster network with Chromebooks, <laughs> which can be slow as well. So the guest network is open, but it there's a lot more limitations on it. There's a lot more blocked and they purposefully slow it down so that the academic network can be faster. So those people who use their own devices on campus and they're using the guest network are definitely getting a slower signal on purpose because we need to have that available for the academic network. So if you want to be have it be faster, use your Chromebook because the guest network not only has personal like MacBooks and Windows devices, but like every phone on campus that links to the Wi-Fi network is linked to the guest network. So that's why. Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of start had to use. I had to start using my personal one because I had to use like the Adobe suite, oh, right. which uh -huh. can't be used on the Chromebook. Right. I can't download Photoshop on the mm -hmm. in the Chromebook, so I had to start bringing my laptop pretty much every day. I think it would be fun to actually talk to the director of IT and like have some like have kids ask specific questions just mm -hmm. about the IT network at school, because it's really interesting what we actually have. And quite frankly, our network is head and shoulders faster than any other school anywhere, believe it or not. Um, public schools are pretty notorious for having really bad Wi-Fi and speeds. Um, ours is pretty, pretty up there with the speed of the networks, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, I guess that'll be something interesting for people to taken yeah. i guess i mean a lot of students have asked us like we've got a lot of comments in our dropbox like tell please tell us explain to us why the wi-fi is so bad and like i don't I, know i <laughs> wish i could tell you but i'm not an it guy i'm the principal <laughs> <laughs> so uh the it guys are the right people to ask about that all I, the 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 little i know is that i know we have a certain speed now and that there are plans to upgrade in the future okay especially as we grow so another burning question that people have is why is school so long? Why is it so long? Um, you mean like the day? Yeah, the school day as in like from eight First o'clock. First period to, to three thirty. Seventh as, period. Yeah. yeah. Um I you know, I've I feel like it's not longer than when I went to high school. I don't I've never been to a high school that I know some surrounding high schools like in Tracy and Manteca might have shorter school days, but they also don't have options for a seven period day. Most of them only have six period days, which cuts back on the number of electives you can take, like media arts, mm. like culinary, like biomed, and you take that seventh period away and you lose that. Um, I would also say one of the priorities that we have at this school, you guys probably know is success. And um, the opportunity for teachers to intervene with students who aren't performing well, that's a priority for us. And all the educational research search shows that you have to embed that intervention into the school day to make it impact students. Now, not everybody takes advantage of that. It's our kind of promise to students and parents that we require students to participate in intervention, even though they decide sometimes not to follow up with that or not go. But there are consequences to that. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, those of you who might have watched the uh, presentation about the new bell schedule for next year, oh, yeah. the state of California has decided to create a new law that school cannot start until after 8.30. So we will be going from 8.30 to 3.45 next school year. 
Um, we're keeping the seven period day and we'll have Thursdays and Fridays will be block schedule days. And the cool thing about Fridays is every Friday you'll get out at 145. Every Friday? Every single Friday of the entire year. So that'll be nice. It'll be shorter at least on Fridays, right? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're actually seniors. We're seniors. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, everyone else will get the benefit of that. Well, at least in college, you got to choose your own class day. So that's you fine. do, yeah. That's and I would suggest when you go to college, take note, all seniors, please do not sign up for a class that starts at 7 a.m. I did my freshman year in college, and I failed that class mm -hmm. because I forgot to go all the time or just slept in. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, 8 o'clock like, mornings have conditioned me to wake up at least at 7. <laughs> yeah. At least. Right. <laughs> Uh, actually, our next question was success-related. So okay. a lot of kids are asking, why is success attendance counted in Saturday school attendance, and can't they move it to something else? So uh, success is an academic period during the school day, uh, and all students are required to either sign up for an intervention or extension set session with their teacher or for extended lunch to account for where you are. The state makes us account for where students are every period of the day. And a lot of people think success is just an extended lunch period. It is not. It is actually an academic period. And next, next year, we're actually moving it because you'll see when you get marked absent for success, it shows up in ninth period. We're moving that to fifth period. So we'll have an eight period day and fifth period will be success. So that everybody understands it's actually a, an academic time during the day. So if you choose not to show up to success or you don't sign up for anything for success it turns into a legitimate cut like a oh. like a absence for that period and our policy at the school is if you get to six absences it equals a saturday school so that's basically what it is it's an absence when you either don't sign up or you don't show up to your success period and that's why it ends up being saturday schools so what about extended lunch periods then? So if you signed up for extended lunch period, that then you don't get marked absent. Mm -hmm. But you have to be eligible. To sign. Some people aren't eligible because of grades usually. <laughs> um, but if you are eligible for extended lunch and you don't go into Flex Time Manager and sign up for anything, then it turns into an absence. So everyone, listen up. <laughs> Make sure that you sign up for something. And if you don't have a teacher's pl a place for to go work with a teacher, make sure you sign up for extended lunch period and then you, it doesn't turn into an absence. I actually remember in when we were freshmen, so mm -hmm. it was like the 2018, 2019 school year, mm -hmm. success was actually optional. Like you would just go if you just wanted some help. And right. then other than that, you can just uh, go to lunch. It's funny that you say that because it's never been optional but people thought it was. Oh. So success, in order to, we count those minutes of instruction every day. So I don't know if you know this, this is kind of boring, but the state makes us have 64,800 minutes in school for the school year. And we have to count every single minute of every day and prove to the state that we had at least that many minutes. And so success minutes are counted in that calculation. And so it's always been required, but I think from the very beginning, the message never went out that it was, and it is, and it will always be. It's an oddly specific number. It is, isn't it? It's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know why. 64,800, and I don't know why, why I remember. I know why I remember it, because I have to calculate it every year. Mm -hmm. So we always come in about 1,500 minutes over, and we like to do that in case there is like an emergency where we have to like cancel part of a school day because of a power outage, because we don't want to have to come back for another day once the school year is over. Okay, so you mentioned Saturday schools. There's, so there was actually a question about, can I graduate with Saturday schools? Yes, we're not going to not let people graduate. They may be prevented from uh, doing some of the end of the year activities and things like that. Um, this year, because it's been COVID and it's been really weird, as long as people, even if they have like, I think there's only two Saturday schools left now. So if they have like 10 Saturday schools left and they go to the last two, we're going to call it a wash, right? We're not going to prevent people from going to end of the year's things. But if they're like, 
you have to realize a lot of people who have these Saturday schools that they owe, they have like severe attendance issues and they cut class all the time. So, you know, if you've got a, too many left and you can't serve them, then we're not going to prevent people from going, but they need to attend the last couple of ones to be eligible to participate. So another, I guess we'll deviate a bit from the school related stuff. Okay. So what happened to the dance playlist and why is it the same every year? It's the same. It is the same. At the dances? Apparently. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a dance playlist. So there's not like a list of songs that we say, here's the songs you have to play. But we do have expectations of our DJs. And a huge expectation is we're not playing songs that have profanity in it or uh, racial slurs um, or uh, talk about drugs or alcohol use or... Uh, sexual innuendo or anything like that so, so keeping it school friendly basically. keeping it school friendly so it's hard to find because i know like popular yeah. music right now a lot of it has some really inappropriate themes it's a big no-no but, but that it's just like you can imagine like sure students would love that music to be played and then when the parents hear what's going on and well, you know, there, there are some students, so some students love that kind of music and that's fine. I'm okay with people listening to whatever music they like, but when it's for public consumption, you don't know what people's, you know, morals or values or how it's going to impact them or their life experience and how maybe some of those themes might be really triggering to them. And so we really have to, talk to our uh, DJs and make sure that they're playing music that's not inappropriate. And a lot of times people will say, well, just play the song and play the clean version of the song. Well, the clean version of the song a lot of times just has the bad words taken out and the theme itself is inappropriate yeah. for school consumption. So my answer would be, I really want people to come and have a fun time dancing. And you can have a fun time dancing to just about any kind of music. In fact, I love it when they put music on that's like in another language or I love, this sounds weird, but I love Bollywood music, even though I don't understand that's what's fine. being said. That's I love fine. the beat. I love the, like it's energetic. Um, you know, I love a lot of uh, Latin music. I, I I was a music teacher, right? So, like, I love jazz music. I actually toured with a jazz band to Australia and Samoa when I was in college. I played at a big, huge festival where we closed out the festival and they played, um, they did uh, fireworks to our closing song that we played and things like that. So I like all kinds of music. Personally, I really don't appreciate music that denigrates women, that talks about drugs or alcohol, that is misogynistic, that has foul language. It just, it hurts my soul, you know? Yeah. I feel like it, and I feel like it's not appropriate for school environments. And I would rather have upbeat music that we can all have fun. And then if you want to go listen to music later, that's fine. But there is no list of like, here's the songs you have to play, but we do tell the DJs that they need to be really careful about their song selection. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, we'll just do a little uh, personal questions. Okay. What is your favorite color? Blue. Favorite movie? Uh, West Side Story. Oh, is it the new one? No, the old one. The old one. I, I've, I haven't even watched the whole new one. I started watching it and I was a little disappointed. Oh. It wasn't as, I, I don't know, I'm old school. Okay. But I, I, it's good. I just, the old one is my favorite. Okay. Favorite animal? Uh, the elephant. Favorite food? Vietnamese food. Least favorite food? Oh, I don't think I have a least favorite food. All right. Favorite number? Seven. Least favorite number? Ooh. Zero. Okay. It's yep. not really a number. It's the absence of a number. Mm, true. <laughs> So uh, one of the other questions we got was, why do we not have brunch anymore next year? Because I don't want school to last until four o'clock. Do you? I mean, would we're you? out of here. Would so. you? No. no. So if we kept brunch, we we would have to go till four o'clock. And four o'clock is like a mental block for me. I can't get to, I can't get there. I feel like I can handle 15 more minutes, 
but I can't handle four o'clock. So there was like no way to squeeze it in. The only way to squeeze it in would be to reduce class periods and 48 minutes is already really, really short for teachers to get mm -hmm. through an entire lesson. So we'd have to go to down to like 43 or 44 minutes a period. And it's just, I, I feel like you can't get into anything. I mean, mm -hmm. talk to your teachers and ask them if they want less time in their <laughs> class periods. I don't know. Some might tell you yes. <laughs> so what do you like to do in your free time? Any hobbies or interests? So this, I love reading. Um, and it, really anything. I love reading, you know, things about education. My favorite genre is historical fiction. I love historical fiction. And I like me a little, you know, like Harry Potter. Uh, what's the vampire one? Vampire um, Diaries or no, Twilight? Twilight. Oh. I love uh, one of the books that I read recently that I really, really love is uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. What? It's one of the best books. Like a crossover from Abraham Lincoln. It, and it like Lincoln. takes it, it takes all the things that happen in Abraham Lincoln's life and like tells you how all of those it's it's a tra he had a tragic life, right? Mm. So it takes all those tragedies and it makes it so that it was vampires that like made his life tragic. It like why killed his mother. Why did Abe have a terrible life? vampires yeah and so he became a vampire hunter it's awesome it, oh, it's all wow. the same author also wrote the book um pride and prejudice and zombies it's a similar kind of it's a retelling of the same story how to explain with any zombies world it's kind of cool. it's either zombies yeah. or it's either zombies aliens or vampires yeah mm -hmm. uh, another book that i read that i thought was really cool was um assassination vacation and it's a historian. It's a historical book. She's a historian, and she um, talks about how she goes on this cross-country trip to uh, to visit all the places where presidents of the United States were either assassinated or attempted to be assassinated. This is very interesting. Yes, I know, kind of weird, but I love stuff like that. Um, That's fascinating. Fascinating. The other thing I do in my free time, I spend a lot of time um, serving in my church. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise sometimes known as Mormons. And uh, that takes a lot of my time. But I've worked in the past um, with a Boy Scout troop that was attached to our congregation. And I've worked with young men in our congregation as a young men's leader and gone on so many camping trips and whitewater rafting trips and things like that. I have seven children of my own. So... Um, my two older ones are graduates of Mountain House High School. I have two here at the high school um, and three more in the K-8 schools who will eventually come through Mountain House High School. So lots of time is spent going to basketball and soccer and swimming and football and all kinds of stuff like that. And then uh, I would the last thing I would say is I'm a musician. I like to sit down and to uh, when I want to decompress, I'll play the piano or I'll sing. I sing in church sometimes. I, I enjoy singing. Um, I don't know how pro I am at it, but it's something that I enjoy doing. So um, you said you have children here at the school. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel weird having like kids to go to the same school that you're the principal of? <laughs> I think they feel weird having me here. Uh, um, I think that it can be difficult sometimes uh, for my own children. It's less difficult for me than it is for them. I think that uh, they get left out of some things because you can imagine like, oh, don't tell them that's the principal's daughter or the principal's son. Um, so it's not weird for me. I actually really like it. Um, them being able to stop by when they need, you know, an ibuprofen because they've got a headache or, mm -hmm. you know, they need help with something. It's kind of nice to be around. I really like that. Ooh, and there's also like a fun question as well. Can, sure. Uh, wait, where was it? Ooh, can students get rides on the golf carts around campus? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Story. <laughs> all right. Um, People ask all the time, though. Well, it looks. I fun. mean, if they're in a hurry, and they're like almost late to a class, and I'm sitting on a golf cart, you can hop on. Mm -hmm. but not regularly now. It's not mm. a shuttle service. <laughs> Maybe it should be five bucks per. I know, ride. right? <laughs> That's a fundraiser. <laughs>
right, we're close to. Yeah. Um, should we just ask one last question? All right. Uh, I want to know personally. Sure. How do you feel about Enchilada Day? How do I feel about enchilada, enchilada Day? I don't know how you do. How do you feel about it? I love enchiladas. I love enchiladas too. All Cheese right. enchiladas are my favorite. Mm -hmm. All right. This one, you know, <laughs> a friend wanted to know also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give me all the enchiladas with extra cheese. Yes. yes. And guacamole and sour cream. They may not taste great, but it's so good in my heart. It is. It, it's comfort It's not food. good for my heart, but no, frankly, it's absolutely I don't care. not good. I don't care. It's good. Um, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> uh, another uh, question that I think we got was, would you rather work at the district office you were working at previously or continue to work here at Mountain House? I... If I had to say something about it, would work here forever. Mm. Uh, I really love Mountain House High School. I say that it's my last and most demanding child. Um, but I love being the principal of the high school in the community where I live. Um, I like being friends with your parents and impacting the lives of students right here in Mountain House. And it's it's been nothing but... Uh, it's hard work and sometimes it's really hard to be the principal of the place where you live because you almost never get a break when you leave the front door but it's um rewarding i would say to be a member of this community and to be fortunate enough to help lead the school in a way that benefits our students so i have one question that's not exactly the one that we've you know mm -hmm. kids have submitted to us it's sure. a personal question of mine okay. how do you feel about ingenuity the program as a whole i'm not whooped about it um when we first took it on it was a really good tool um as we get more mature in what we're doing with online education we've realized that it's not the best tool um they don't update it very frequently there's some really old stuff on there that i'm not happy about and um you know i think once our contract is up with ingenuity we're looking to see if there's something better what i what i would say is we have to have something we've actually talked to teachers about you know hey how about we develop our own online curriculum from our own teachers as opposed to purchasing from the outside. And we've kind of kicked that idea around. There are also some other products out there that are similar to the Edgenuity product online um, courses that are way more high quality than what yeah. Edgenuity is. Uh, my own kids take Edgenuity classes. So my daughter's in two classes this year, my son's taking one and they're just okay. I mean, you're gonna learn something from them, but they're not super engaging they were like made 15 years ago and so you know some people at this school weren't even alive 15 years ago so not super whooped about it i i'm very excited about our online and hybrid pathways where you can take either all online or just some online because that's unique not many schools do that anywhere we're like one of the only ones in the state of california that does that most schools, if you want to go to online classes, you have to like pay for them somewhere else or go to a completely different school. This question is actually a bit opinionated. Sure. Um, it's asking, why are you so strict with your students? You were a principal. You were supposed to be more fun. <laughs> I don't know. That giddy up partner was my idea. <laughs> I think that's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Um, uh i'm sorry i'm not fun i don't know like i think i'm a pretty fun guy i don't know here i'm like oh, i'm a pretty fun guy uh i don't know um i'm sorry <laughs> but you but you try to be i try to be fun you know i've done the like pie day before i'm on i'm never gonna do that again i got i got uh, whipped cream in my eyes and i wear oh. contacts oh. and the like the fat from the whipped cream got on my contacts and it was like foggy. I couldn't see anything. So wouldn't do that again. But, you know, I like to have fun. Maybe some people think I'm not fun, but I try to get out there and tell some stupid dad jokes and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sorry. I'll bring some, you know, I have thought uh, there's a couple of card games that we play at home <laughs> that are really fun that maybe I'll bring a card game one day and say, come play with me. At, sorry.
come play card games with me at lunchtime or I don't know. Give me suggestions and I will try and be more fun. I'm not really good at coming up with fun things. Dropbox. This is, this yes, is your time Dropbox. to shine. Please tell me. And Give I will not do a flip off of Niagara Falls. I'm sorry. Oh uh, <laughs> remember that one time? Yeah, the first, <laughs> yeah, the first dirty news. Talking yeah, they said, oh, tune in next time when Mr. Faubert jumps off and does a backflip off of Niagara Falls. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But, you know, I'm down with some fun stuff. I was out playing volleyball the other day on the quad and I'm down for some fun. I think there could be like lunch with the principal or yeah. like play volleyball with the principal events yeah. or something. Hey, you know, if you ever see me sitting out, like eating my lunch during lunchtime on the quad anywhere, come sit down with me. We can have a conversation. Conversation can be fun too. Jeopardy with the principal. Ooh, I love Jeopardy. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Do you watch Jeopardy these days or do you watch any TV shows? Uh, yeah, I watch Jeopardy. Uh, I have it on my DVR. Um, what else do I watch? Oh, you guys are going to think I'm a total nerd. I watch Call the Midwife. Never heard of the show. It's a PBS show. I don't watch reality TV. <laughs> it's not reality TV. Oh, it's okay. like a, it's like historical fiction uh, from Britain. Close anyway. Circle. Call the Midwife. What else have I watched recently? I binged something the other week. Um... <sighs> I can't remember what it was that I binged. It wasn't that good. Oh, it was the Amy Schumer Netflix special. The, you know what? The not the her special, but it was like it's a new it's a new show that has like eight episodes or something like that. But, oh, Amy Schumer is apparently a very hot topic on the internet. And he she's hilarious. It's inappropriate humor though, so do not take the parents i didn't tell your students to watch it because it's probably not appropriate <laughs> no, I, I hear a lot of people saying that amy schumer is just not funny and she does a lot of joke yeah. stealing and like really like offensive jokes yeah that kind of it can I mean, be yeah i mean you can do offensive jokes but they still have to be in good taste yeah so i take that back she don't watch it it's a horrible show i did not binge it <laughs> okay okay <laughs> no but what i do watch a lot of is cooking shows I love, especially, um, again, you guys are going to think I'm a geek. So there's a YouTube uh, channel that I subscribe to. It's called It's Michelle. And she's she doesn't even speak English. She speaks Korean, but there's subtitles in English. Mm -hmm. And she's just like a, she's like a housewife in Canada who, like, she's, a, she's also a chef. And she, like, shows what she cooks her family every day. And I'm, like, addicted to that. YouTube channel. In fact, she went on vacation recently to to Korea, and she hasn't posted for a couple of weeks. I'm like, come on, Michelle, you need to post again. Yeah. <laughs> but I love I love Korean food. I love Vietnamese food. Anything Asian food. So we yeah. tried Indian food yet? Oh, I love Indian food. Correct. Absolutely, I cook Indian food sometimes. I found this recipe one time on on a YouTube channel for some sort of curry that had chickpeas and spinach and i think it's called chana balak or something like that chana balak, yeah yeah it literally just means chickpea and, and spinach, spinach yeah. yeah but it had like coconut milk in it and ginger and yeah. it was really good you should try south indian cuisine oh yeah yeah and you know i literally will eat just about anything i don't like european food that much i don't like a steak i don't like mashed potatoes and gravy give me some rice give me some you know curry or some sort of sauce or anything like that and i will eat it but please don't give me like boring white people food <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's probably racist i don't want to come off as racist oh uh, i don't know <laughs> I, mean, I mean apparently northern europe has like Sweden, Norway, that entire like sect has really good like desserts and stuff. Yeah, not a dessert fan. Oh. I, I really like anything with lots of like spice and different flavors and things like that. And you know, European food's okay. I'll, I'll eat. I it's not like I won't eat it, but um, I don't prefer it. I would absolutely, you know, like if you find me eating lunch, I'll probably eat some ramen with like vegetables cut up in it and. Some curry paste in it and coconut milk and stuff like that. So I'm I'm a much more adventurous eater than just the bland meat and potatoes kind of guy. Mostly add salt. 
hopefully, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Should we also like talk about? We actually saw this video. You were rapping this song. <laughs> yeah, your old um. From an old high school. Yep. Yeah. From Amador. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did that. Uh, so the kids kept bugging me and saying, Mr. Fobears, you got you got to rap, you got to rap. And I said, here's the deal. If you want me to rap, you have to write it. And you have to be the one to come to me to record it because I'm not writing a rap and I'm not dropping the beat, but I will rap for you. And there are students have come to me multiple times here and they say, you should do it here. And I said, okay, here's the deal. You write it, you drop the beat and you come record it. I'll do it. But nobody's ever taken me up on that, so. Maybe not. I'm waiting. Students. I'm waiting, students. Come on, Mustang Ohana, come up with your rap. Yeah, he's done suggestions in the Dropbox. I know, Dropbox. right? You, you have a great video production program here at the school. Who could like do the music video? But nobody's done it so far. Come on, step up. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we've covered all of them. Okay. All right. Yeah, pretty much Thank all you of them. for coming. Thank you. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. Actually, before doing this, we were actually a bit nervous, but now we feel a lot better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's good. Now that uh, we've been talking to you, so yeah. it was well, nice. I feel like uh, if, if students get one thing out of listening to this is that I'm seriously approachable. <laughs> I think people think... Sometimes people think tall people are just scary because they're big, but I'm not a scary person. If you have a question, I'll sit down and have a serious conversation about any kind of question you have, whether it's a hard question, an easy question. You can fire off just simple ones like you did earlier, and I'm pretty open to share just about anything with anyone. I think that about concludes this episode. Yeah. Um, again, if you have any questions, you can email us or send it in the Dropbox. Um, follow us on Instagram for updates. Uh, Mr. Faber, do you have an Instagram? <laughs> if people want to follow you. Or a TikTok. You, yeah, uh, I, I have an Instagram. It's at Ben Faber. Okay. Okay. That's right. easy to, I'm not hard to find. I have Facebook too, but I know that's for old people. <laughs> what about a TikTok? That's what all the kids these days use. I do have a TikTok. I've never posted on it and I never have really used it. So I don't even know what my handle is on there. No. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use that either. I basically use Instagram and Facebook. So. And I don't post much, so you can follow me, but you're not going to see anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right uh, yeah. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel and add our podcast to your Spotify playlist. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Coming, Mr. Faber. No problem. Nice. All right. That's Thanks. a wrap. Bye bye. Yeah, bye, wrap. folks. Bye. <laughs>